Good morning, everyone. Y'all just get so quiet when that stops. <laughs> Will you stand? Okay, today is December 3rd, so we're starting Christmas music. <laughs> okay, join with us and sing. Stars in the sky look down where 
Amen, amen. I love Christmas music. Anyone else love Christmas music? Man, the, since the very first car ride after that Thanksgiving meal, it's been Barry Manilow, Michael Buble, Amy Grant, and Bing Crosby in my car. I love it. I love it. It's the best time of year. Bring out the claymations. You know what I'm saying? Bring out some of those old classic Christmas movies. It's great. Hey, thank you so much for being here today. It's awesome to see you guys. We are so blessed to be here at Kavanaugh Church this morning, being able to celebrate, have fellowship with one another, and be able to worship our Savior. It's so good to see you guys. Been praying for you all week, and we know that God has something incredible today. One of those things that He's got for us is it's Funhouse Sunday, so all your kids are getting jacked up on candy as we speak, so this is just kind of your warning, uh, but man, God's Word, is good. it's about to be preached today, and I'm really excited for you guys to hear it too. Brother Will did an awesome job first service, and uh, it's going to be great in here as well. If you're a first-time guest, thank you so much for being here with us today. We love our church and our people here. We would love for you to get involved too and get to know you. There's a little connect card in the chair back in front of you, so if you could fill that out, and then right after service out these back doors, uh, turn it in right there at that connect counter. I'll be able to tell you all about our church and where you and your family could plug in. But it's great to see you guys. I'm going to invite you all to stand up right now. We're going to ask God's anointing and blessings on our services today. Let's pray with one another. Lord, thank you again so much for bringing us back here at Kavanaugh Church. We love you and we love what you've done for us. Thank you so much for your son and for salvation, God, for the cross. Thank you for coming um, and, and upholding your end of the deal of, of saving us and setting us free from the bondage that, you, that we've put ourselves in, God. We love you so much. And again, we know that you're going to move in, our, in, in this service today. Uh, be with us in here and our kids back in the back. Um, and Everyone else that's in the, on the campus today, God, just move as you will, God. We love you in your name. Amen. Greet those around you, and we'll get started in a couple moments. you 
so thankful today that in a world where everything seems to be against us, where we're always having to go against the grain, and where no one can believe in us, and where we sometimes don't even know what to believe in ourselves, God, I pray today that if there's somebody here that's struggling in any one of those ways, God, that they would come and they would choose you because you won't forsake us, you won't leave us, you won't deny us, you are a good God, you're a good Father, and you provide for us all that we need. And I'm so thankful, God, that you've chosen me and that I've accepted your free gift of salvation. And I pray, God, today that if there's somebody that is faced with the choice to choose you or to not choose you, God, that today would be the day that they would call upon your name, Jesus, and accept you as the Lord and the Savior of their life. I pray, God, for all the activities that are going on today. I pray for Brother Will, a special anointing upon him as he brings your word. I pray, God, that we would all be open to hear exactly what it is you have for us because, God, I know I need there's things that I need, and I know that you've got that word for me today. And once again, God, I am so thankful that you are for us and that you are not against us. And it's in your name, Jesus, I pray these things. Amen. Thank you, praise team. Give them a big hand. What a great job. Awesome song set today. Good morning. Good to see you. I'm glad you're here. I don't know. What kind of week have you had? Has it been good, bad, indifferent? Is it good? Tell you what, Wednesday night was great. We had a good service here, and then I went home, and I watched the Razorbacks duke it out with Duke, and they just showed Duke who was the winner. Oh, y'all are not for Arkansas basketball, are you? And then it got better because Thursday night, my Dallas Cowboys showed up. Not the Cowgirls, the Cowboys showed up, and they had a victory. But the, the topping on the cake was Friday night in Little Rock. I, I, hate, I hate to dig into this a little bit, but the Greenwood Bulldogs pulled off another state championship. And uh, you... You know that we lived the Greenwood life for many years, and uh, to win 11 state championships is pretty incredible. I mean, you, you've got to hand it to them. That was great. The MVP was won by a sophomore quarterback, which was pretty incredible. And the thing about that, his brother who plays defense could have won it. Those Archer boys are pretty good. Yeah? And so I'm just on cloud nine. Not because of anything that happened this week in sports. I'm on cloud nine because we're in the Word of God today. And this is a powerful season of the year. I'm so thankful for December. Everything is about Christmas. Everything is about the incarnation, Jesus coming in flesh. This next week, we're going to set up decorations in this house. And all month long, we're going to be preaching on the prophecies from the book of Isaiah about the coming of Jesus Christ. This new series I'm starting today, I've entitled, From Heaven to Earth. Now, hopefully, 
Hopefully, you're going to get at least one Christmas gift this year from somebody, okay? If packages are under the tree, Jason, they've got little name tags on them to say who it's from and to who it's going to. And that's what this series of from heaven to earth, God is giving us a gift. Paul says it's an indescribable gift. It's the best gift of all. So from heaven to earth, Christmas according to Isaiah. Some 700 years before the very first Christmas, there was a pitiful plea uttered by those who wondered how much longer they were going to have to stumble around in darkness. Our theme verse for this series is Isaiah 64, verse 1, which says, Oh, that you would tear the heavens open and come down. This was a plea to God, Lord, open the heavens and come down to us. We are in darkness and in despair, and we need your help. God, tear the heavens open and come down. And we pick up in our passage for today, Isaiah chapter 9. I'm going to read verses 1 and 2. This is one of the prophecies of the coming Messiah. Here is what Isaiah 9.1 says, Nevertheless, the gloom of the distressed land will not be like that of the former times when he humbled the land of Zebulun and the land of Nephtali. But in the future he will bring honor to the way of the sea, to the land east of the Jordan, and to the Galilee of the nations." The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. A light has dawned on those living in the land of darkness. Heavenly Father, we do live in a dark, dark world. But thank God for Jesus Christ, who is the light of the world. Jesus, thank you for coming to light our way to give us a glorious life and a future in heaven. I pray that that light would shine in our dark lives today. And dear Lord, we would be a light for you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Now, in order to interpret our passage correctly, it's very important for us to understand some history. So don't check out right now. Hang with me. I'm going to make this as brief and as interesting as I can as we go back in history and have a little history lesson today. In Genesis chapter 12, God chose a man through whom he was going to build a nation. That man's name was Abraham. Abraham became the father of Isaac. Isaac became the father of Jacob. Jacob had 12 sons, and their families, these 12 sons, their families turned into tribes. These 12 tribes eventually settled in the promised land. That was the land that God originally promised to Abraham. Two of the tribes, Benjamin and Judah, settled in the south, close to Jerusalem. And the other 10 tribes put down their roots in their northern area. They were all united for many years, but then when King Solomon died, a rupture occurred. And the 10 northern tribes split off from the two southern tribes. The northern tribes became known as the tribe of Israel. 
and the southern ones made up the nation of Judah. Now, it didn't take very long for those northern tribes to turn away from God, and they began to worship idols. They became increasingly depraved and eventually made an alliance with the nation of Syria, and those two countries teamed up to destroy Judah. Now, imagine this. We have brother nations, Israel wanting to defeat their brothers Judah, and to do that, they hired Syria to help them. As you can imagine, the people of the south were terrified because now two nations were coming to war against them. So God raised up a prophet, a man by the name of Isaiah, to give them hope. He also predicted that the northern kingdom, Israel, would be destroyed by the Assyrians. And not surprisingly, this came to pass. The the ten tribes of the north were decimated. They were dispersed into distant places. And they become known as the ten lost tribes of Israel. This area to the north in Israel was filled with darkness, with distress, and despair. And this is real history. This really happened in a time long ago. But it also describes what has happened to the entirety of the human race. God made us, he made you and I, to have a relationship with him. And more than anything, God wants you to be in his family. But you know what? We've all sinned. We've all turned away from him, and we've all served other gods, leaving us in deep despair and total darkness. We kind of get a snapshot of their situation in Isaiah chapter 8, verse 22. Now, our passage for this morning is Isaiah 9, 1 and 2. The last verse of chapter 8 is this verse we're about to read that gives us a snapshot of these people. And they will look to the earth, but behold, distress and darkness, the gloom of anguish, and they will be thrust into deep darkness. That's not a very good scenario to be in, is it? The word distress speaks of extreme affliction and discomfort. That word gloom has the idea of dimness and despair. The word anguish means restriction. It was used of water turning to ice. And here it is a metaphor for their frozen faith. As a result of their sins, this passage says, God thrusts them into deep darkness, which means... He banished them by driving them away. Zephaniah chapter 1 verse 15 describes a day of darkness and gloom, a day of clouds and thick darkness. You see, because of their unbridled depravity, they were thrust into unquenchable darkness. Gloom, despair, agony on me. Deep, dark depression, excessive misery. If I had no bad luck, I'd have no luck at all. Y'all know that? Gloom, despair. Hee-haw, man. You know, that, that, that was a description of the people back then. Gloom, despair, agony. 
They were being thrust into deep darkness. But did you know it's also a description and a picture of us today? That's the world in which we live in. It is a world depraved, a world that is sinful, a world that is very, very dark. The main idea of Isaiah chapter 9, 1 and 2 that we're looking at today is this. In all of our darkness and in all of the despair, Jesus lights the way for those who live in darkness. Jesus is the light of the world. And as we look at these two verses, we're going to see two movements taking place. Movement number one is this. Jesus moves us from great gloom into glorious gladness. And that's good news for some of you. Because I'm looking out here and all I see is gloom. (laughs) Jesus wants to pivot that today and give you gladness. In the midst of grief and gloom, Isaiah announces a message of grace and glory from God. Look again at verse number one. And even though this is a complicated verse, we're going to break it down and explain it. He says this, but there will be no gloom for her who was in anguish. In the former time, he brought into contempt the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. But in the latter time, he has made glorious the way of the sea, the land beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the nations. So this verse begins with the word but, which introduces a contrast to the deep despair that we just read about in Isaiah chapter 8, verse 22. The phrase brought into contempt has the idea of something being cursed or trivialized. And it mentions these two areas, Zebulun and Naphtali, these two tribes. They were tribes of the north of Israel, making up the land of Galilee. Okay, put that in your memory bank. Hang on to it. Zebulun, Naphtali made up Galilee. The territory of Zebulun was located near a major trade route. And while this tribe fought valiantly in various battles, they also compromised with the local Canaanites, and they descended into idolatry and into immorality. The tribe of Naphtali experienced lots of struggles because of their proximity to Syria. That little phrase, the way of the sea, refers to this international highway that ran from Mesopotamia down to Egypt. For many years, these people knew only darkness and despair. But you know what? They brought it on themselves. The reason they lived in darkness and despair was because of their depravity. God repeatedly warned them to repent, but they rejected him. And because they rejected him over and over again, God sent the evil Assyrians to attack them. And because these tribes were in the northern part of of Israel, they were the first ones to be attacked. And in the midst of this mess, and let me tell you, it was a mess, Isaiah brings a message of future hope and healing. A time is coming, he said, when 
great gloom, the great gloom that you're in right now is going to be replaced with glorious gladness and it's going to come from Galilee. For the last couple of weeks, whenever I've heard the word Christmas, I have forced myself to to restate that word. From Christmas, I am saying Christ mess. Not Christmas, but Christ mess. M-E-S-S. You're thinking, preacher, why in the world would you do that? Well, I'm doing it to remind myself that Jesus Christ left heaven a perfect place to come down here and get involved in my mess. Christmas is Christ coming to a messed up world to be a light to deliver us. Christmas was and is birthed in the middle of great grief and deep darkness. When the angels were proclaiming, peace on earth, Herod was preparing to annihilate all the babies who lived in that area. If you were not here a couple of weeks ago, our, our, our media pastor, Brother Devin, preached an excellent message on, on a Wednesday night about the dark side of Christmas. You know, we, we love Christmas. We love the celebration and the joy. But for a lot of people, there's, there's darkness, there's gloom there. And there certainly was darkness and gloom on that very first Christmas. Again, the angels were announcing peace on earth, but there was no peace on earth at that time because a jealous king, a man by the name of Herod, was so jealous that someone else may take his throne that he had all of the babies murdered. While Mary was worshiping, other mothers were weeping for their dead children. You see, folks, Christmas joy is best understood when the junk of life is all around us. Gladness comes through our grieving. And joy can come in the middle of our chaos. Jesus lights the way for those living in darkness. And he can take your gloom away today and replace it with joy. The second movement that we see in this passage is Jesus moves us from deep darkness to the light of life. Verse 2 uses the past tense to describe future events as if they had already happened. This, This shows us the certainty of how Old Testament prophecy is fulfilled specifically how the birth of Christ will bring brightness to a world of darkness. So look with me again at Isaiah 9:2. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them the light has shone. This idea about Walking in darkness is someone stumbling as they come and go. Have you ever been in a dark room and stumbled? Bad thing is when when you do that in your own bedroom and you know where things are. 
Sure, we, we understand that. The, the, the darkness of night causes us to stumble. Well, Proverbs chapter 4, verse 19 reads, The way of the wicked is like deep darkness. They do not know over what they have stumbled. Jeremiah chapter 23, verse 12 shows the dangers of walking in darkness. Therefore, their way shall be to them like slippery paths of darkness into which they shall be driven and fall. For I will bring disaster upon them in the year of their punishment, declares the Lord God Almighty. Church, watch this. While people are walking in the dark, stumbling and falling, all of a sudden, great light appears and shines into their deep darkness. Now, we can't find that light on our own. You, you can't start that light. You can't flip that switch. So the light has to come to us. And that's what God has done for us. Isaiah chapter 60, verse 1, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. When we come to the New Testament, it, it's clear that Matthew had Isaiah's prophecy in mind when he wrote the words that describe Jesus in Matthew chapter 4. Listen to verses 12 through 14. Now when he heard that John had been arrested, he, Jesus, withdrew to where? Where'd he go? Galilee. And leaving Nazareth, he went and lived in Capernaum by the sea in the territory of Zebulun and Naphtali. So that what was spoken by the prophet Isaiah might be fulfilled. So Jesus left Nazareth because he had no honor in his hometown. And besides that, they tried to kill him. Now, are, are you ready for some spiritual goosebumps? Do you ever get anything like that in church when all of a sudden you just kind of, a surge of freakness goes through your body and you think, Wow. It could come right now. Nazareth is where Jesus was born and is located in Zebulun. Capernaum, which became the headquarters of Jesus' ministry, is in the land of Naphtali. And the fact that Jesus grew up in Nazareth and lived in Capernaum is a direct fulfillment to Isaiah chapter 9, verses 1 and 2. Look next at Matthew chapter 4, verse 15. It says, The land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, the way of the sea beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. Now, it's important to note that the Galilee of the Gentiles was looked down upon by those more educated Jews of the south, specifically those in Jerusalem. They looked up at, at those people from Galilee and they called them hicks or an equivalency to that. To them, it was a place, Galilee was a place filled with hated heathen hicks. That's what was behind Nathaniel's question in John chapter 1, verse 46. Remember Nathaniel when, when they were telling him about Jesus? Remember what Nathaniel asked? Can anything good come out of Nazareth? To think that Messiah would come from this region was beyond anyone's comprehension. 
Actually, the Messiah had to come from this region. You know why? Because Isaiah prophesied that he would. And don't miss the significance of Galilee of the Gentiles. The Galilee of the Gentiles. That's where Jesus came from. We're reminded that God's heart is for the nations of the world, the Gentiles of the world, both Jews and Gentiles. We are called to take the gospel to all the nations of the world. Matthew 4, 16 applies Isaiah chapter 9 directly to Jesus Christ. Here's what it says. The people dwelling in darkness have seen a great light. And for those dwelling in the region, a shadow of death, on them a light has dawned. Again, almost a direct quote from Isaiah 9 verse 2. But let me point something out. In Isaiah 9 2, the people were walking in darkness. Remember that? That's what it says, Isaiah 9 2. People walking in darkness. But here in Matthew chapter 4, they are dwelling in darkness. So they move from walking in darkness to dwelling in darkness. And church, let me remind you, the same exact thing can happen to every one of us. You can start out just walking in darkness, and before long, you're going to end up dwelling in darkness. You allow darkness into your life, and pretty soon, you're going to be consumed with darkness. You allow sin into your life, and pretty soon, that sin is going to consume your life. Psalm 107 verse 10 says, Some sat in darkness and in the shadow of death, prisoners in affliction and in irons, for they had rebelled against the words of God and spurned the counsel of the Most High. Darkness in the Bible is often a symbol of divine judgment. And according to Exodus chapter 10 verse 21, there were three days of darkness that could be felt in the land of Egypt before the first Passover lamb was slain. Now hang on to that. Three days of darkness in Egypt before the Passover lamb was slain. And there was three hours of darkness before the lamb of God was slain for the sins of the world. The ninth plague of darkness preceded the killing of the firstborn. And deep darkness proclaimed the death of God's firstborn son. I want you to listen to Mark chapter 15, verse 33. And when the sixth hour had come, there was what? Darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour. So from noon until three in the afternoon, it became pitch black on the face of the earth. When Jesus died on Calvary's cross, the sun stopped shining. It was, it was as if God the Father placed his hand over the sun and said, Son, you will not shine on my son while he's hanging on the cross and becoming the sin substitute for the people of the world. And check this out. At the birth of Jesus, this supernatural star ascended to light the way for the Magi. Remember that? And at his death, a supernatural darkness descended in the middle of the day. Now put this together. His birth announcement was a display of brightness at midnight. 
and the notification of his death was deep darkness at midday. And I don't want you to miss the good news that is right here. The region of Galilee that was plunged into darkness and death for so long was the first to receive the dawn of the light of God. So I've got to ask you, have you gone from walking? Have you gone from walking in the darkness to dwelling in the darkness? Do you love living in the dark? Or are you ready to come out of the dark and live in the light? John chapter 3 verse 19 says, and this is the judgment. The light has come into the world and people love darkness rather than the light because their works were evil. You, you see, it's, it's not enough just to have some light shine on you. You have to have the light come into you. Jesus calls us to repent. He calls us to stop living in the darkness so that we can receive the light of life. Verse 17 says, from that time Jesus began to preach saying, repent, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. I want us to go back to our theme verse, Isaiah 64 verse 1. Oh, that you would tear the heavens open and come down. I got some good news for you. God did that. He tore the heavens open and came into our despair and darkness. Jesus gives the light that we need to get out of the darkness. This morning, he wants to move you from great gloom to glorious gladness. You, you can leave this room today with a different attitude, <laughs> with a change of heart and mind. He wants to move you from deep darkness to the light of life. He wants to bring his light inside of you and transform you. A little boy heard in Sunday school class that Jesus was the light of the world. So after class, he went up to his teacher and said, if Jesus really is the light of the world, I sure wished he would come and hang out at my house because my house is really dark. Is it dark where you live? Are you stumbling around in the darkness? Are, are you tired of the, the gloom and the despair and the anguish and the agony? If so, it's time to let the light in. It's time to let Jesus in. He can change everything. In fact, Jesus makes you an offer in John chapter 12, verse 46. I have come into the world as light so that whoever believes in me might not remain in the darkness. So if you're tired of stumbling in the darkness, I just invite you today to come to Jesus, the light of the world. Let me tell you what Jesus will do for you. He will transform your life. Old things will be made new. He will totally transform you from the inside out. The dirty will be washed clean. The dark will turn to light. 
He'll give you purpose and a passion for living. He will change your way of thinking and your way of living. He will give you hope and grace and glory. He'll not only change your life here, he can give you a home in heaven for eternity. Now, if you're asking me, that's a pretty good deal. And it's all free. So would you come to Jesus today? Let him turn your darkness into light. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? Some of you need Jesus into your heart and you've never invited him to come in. It's real simple to do that. All you have to do is pray and admit that you're a sinner. Believe that Jesus died for you and confess not only your sins to him, but confess him as Lord of your life. If you've never done that, I invite you to come this morning and receive God's gift of salvation. He tore heaven open to come down to you. Maybe you're here this morning and you've received Jesus, but you're just, you're having some trouble. <laughs> Life is difficult. You keep finding yourself sliding back into that gloom and despair. Would you come to Jesus today? He can give you light this morning. He can help carry the load. In fact, he will carry the load. Will you come to him? All of us here today have friends and family members who are lost. They are without Christ and without hope. Let's come and pray for them and ask God to intercede and change their lives. We've got a whole lot of sick people here at Cavanaugh Church. Would you come and pray for someone who's sick? Hey, why don't you just come and pray for yourself? Heavenly Father, I pray that you would meet our needs, that you would couch yourself up real close to us, Lord. Let us know that you're here and that you can help us. And I pray, dear Lord, that as we sing this song, we would not only come to you, we would run to you. We would run into the light. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. As you stand with heads bowed and eyes closed and they sing, come on, join me at the altar. Let's pray together. are praying at the altar and you're standing with heads bowed and eyes closed if, if you're here this morning and, and you just need some grace from God you need help from the Lord and you would like for me to pray for you would you just lift up your hand I'm, I'm not going to come to you I'm not going to embarrass you I just want to I want to see hands of people who need prayer today would you lift your hand up 
Just leave it up for a second. Thank you. Thank you. I want to pray for you right now, okay? Can I? Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, there's so many in this room who lifted their hand, just indicating a need that they have in their life. They, they recognize that they can't fix their own problems. They can't meet their own needs. They can't turn on the light themselves. They need you. And so, dear Lord, I pray that you would become light in their dark situation. I pray that you would give them hope, that you'd give them direction, that you would give them light. I pray that not only for those who recognize it and lifted their hands, I pray it for those who don't yet recognize it but need it. Lord Jesus, help us to be the light in a very dark world. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you. You can be seated. I want to thank you for being here for our first sermon in From Heaven to Earth. Can I tell you, I've been working on these for a while now. They're so amazing. Each week it gets better, all right? So would you be here every week in December as we discover these Christmas prophecies being fulfilled that Isaiah made so many years ago? When you walk out the door, uh, make sure you drop your offering in one of those black boxes. If you are a guest today, thanks for coming. Fill out one of those Connect cards, take it to the Connect counter, we'll give you a gift in return. Adopt-a-missionary kid is in full blast. In fact, next, I think next Sunday, we're going to have uh, some home missionaries with us. Uh, this year, we're, we're helping our home missionary families give Christmas to their children. There are 36 home missionary kids that we are providing Christmas for this year. Most of them are not able to, to leave their work and come to be with us at Kavanaugh Church. A couple will come, but uh, most of them can't get away. But we're sending money to them for their children to have a glorious Christmas. This is an amazing thing. Can I tell you something? Uh, there is no other church who's ever done this. Okay? And we've done it for all of our international missionary children serving all of the world. Last year, there's so many home missionaries. We took on half of them, and we're doing the other half this year, as well as 45 children in Puerto Rico that we're going to send a mission team to in February and give them Christmas. So give yourself a hand for this generous gift. I mean, it is generous. I can't thank you enough. And so give to adopt a missionary kid. I've already given. I've, I've given to support a, a child, and, and you can do the same thing. We figured it out years ago. It's about $300 that we're giving to each child. It, well, it is $300. So if you want to support a kid, you can, you can do that. Greatly, greatly appreciated. Now, that team that's going to Puerto Rico, they're trying to raise funds. One of the ways they did that was through that beautiful quilt that was on display in our lobby. Remember that? How many of y'all bought a ticket for that quilt? Okay, several of you bought a ticket. We drew the ticket in first service, and reason we did, because those people are here before you, all right? And one of them could have won. Good news is, somebody won it. Bad news is, it was none of you. In fact, it is a person that doesn't even go to our church, but you know, fantastic, they bought a ticket and they're going to get the blessing of that beautiful quilt. If you feel bummed out and disappointed that you didn't win, you know what, your luck may change next year. Who knows? Huh? God bless you. I tell you what, I love you. The staff loves you. Most of all, God loves you. Walk in the light because he is the light. Get out of here and don't stumble.